What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. Get ready for the orange blossoms to come out on the roadways. Construction starts in early March on a major I-94 project in Berrien County. The Michigan Department of Transportation's Nick Sharippa tells us what's planned in a $2.4 million effort to rebuild the highway between Stevensville and Benton Harbor. This year, rebuilding eastbound and westbound I-94 from Putts Road to just west of Red Arrow Highway, exit 23, to Washington Avenue. So if you're just west of Red Arrow, up to Washington Avenue. Eastbound and westbound, including those bridges over Red Arrow Highway at exit 23, we'll have two lanes of traffic open in each direction, not just this year, but every year for the next three years. Sharippa said as part of the work this year, the Red Arrow Highway exit in Stevensville, exit 23, will have to be closed. MDOT has not yet established a date for that part of the work. He notes the highway dates back about 60 years, and it's time for a total refresh. It's an aging interstate. It's one of the busiest interstates, believe it or not, in the country. So we need to make sure that we're getting to it, and that's kind of what we're doing it this way with these large rebuilding projects that take multiple years and just getting it updated. Drivers should expect traffic to move a little slower on I-94 between Benton Harbor and Stevensville while the construction takes place this year. Project starts in early March and will continue all construction season. It'll then resume next year and continue through 2026. About 200 properties in Benton Township that currently have no access to broadband internet will soon be able to get it, thanks to Berrien County and the Benton Township Board of Trustees. At their Tuesday meeting, the Township Board this week approved a contract with Midwest Energy and Communications to install broadband at unserved homes. Township Comptroller Ben Brewer tells us Berrien County has set aside around $145,000 in federal funds that will be matched by the Township so unserved residents can get broadband from MEC. The county would hire them technically, but the township is entering into an agreement to ensure that Midwest Energy knows that the township is on board with providing this service to residents. The cost to each resident who chooses to sign up, $100, while the township and county will each pitch in about $675 per property. Township Supervisor Kathy Yates tells us she's glad to help. I'm very excited about that because it's allowing people who have been calling and asking me to help them get internet, and now it has come through for us. The affected properties are largely in rural areas. They are not covered by Berrien County's previous efforts to use a state Robin grant to help MEC expand broadband in unserved areas. Brewer said any residents with questions should call the township. Property inspections are now underway in the city of St. Joseph. WSJM's Andrew Green reports. City Code Enforcement Officer Joan Ross tells us they'll be inspecting nearly 540 properties, mostly around the downtown area, to look for issues like blight, peeling paint, missing handrails, and missing address numbers. Property owners will be notified in May if a deficiency has been noted, and they'll have through September 20th to address them. There's also an appeals process, and Ross says the city works with people who run into trouble fixing certain problems. If a property is found to have no issues, the owner won't receive any message and therefore need not be concerned. The property maintenance program has been in place since around 2000, and Ross says most residents appreciate it, especially neighbors of properties where an issue is discovered. The inspectors will be out through April. More details on the program are on the city's website, and we have a link to them at our website. Andrew Green, WSJM News.
The South Haven City Council is considering a zoning ordinance amendment to cover floating homes, also known as houseboats. At a Monday meeting, members heard from Assistant City Manager Griffin Graham, who said staff have been drafting regulations for about two years. He went over some of the ways the city would regulate the floating homes create an annual registration and inspection process to either more or rent a floating home in the city of South Haven, require a certificate of acceptability from the Michigan Bureau of Construction Codes, essentially setting minimum construction standards and limit these units to two per marina. The amendment would also regulate and limit houseboats used as short-term rentals. Some council members still wanted more time to iron out the details of the proposal. Mayor Annie Brown was not eager to do that. There hasn't been haste working on this. It sounds like the staff has spent a long time on this. Yes, we've been working on this topic for some time. However, the council opted to set a public hearing to discuss the matter some more. It will be March 18th. Councilmember Mary Hosley said previous ordinance updates like the outdoor fireplace ordinance were done too quickly, requiring the council to come back later and clean them up. A new partnership has been formed in South Haven to honor the iconic Nichols Bridge. The Nichols Bridge was a covered bridge that was part of the Calhaven Trail until last summer. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources removed the landmark as part of a repaving project on the trail from South Haven to Bloomingdale. At the time, the South Haven Visitors Bureau received the remnants of the bridge with plans to use it in a new way at some point in the future. Well, now the South Haven Visitors Bureau, the DNR, and the South Haven Area Recreation Authority have announced plans to purchase a 49-acre property adjacent to the Calhaven Trail, formerly known as the Riverwoods Development. So the former cover of the Nichols Bridge can be reinstalled on a trail there. The partners hope the remains of the popular bridge can become a landmark in the new park. Ideas for the site include a small craft launch, a pavilion, and a mountain biking loop. The three partners are now working to arrange the final details of the purchase of the property. They say including part of the Nichols Bridge could make it available for photo opportunities and historical reflection. Early voting continues throughout Michigan for next Tuesday's primary election. In addition to presidential primaries, there are a handful of ballot questions voters are asked to consider. In Berrien County, Buchanan Community Schools are asking voters to renew the operating millage for 10 years. The 18 mills levied in 2025 would generate about $2.9 million for the district. River Valley Schools is seeking an operating millage renewal and a sinking fund millage renewal. The operating millage is about 18 mills and would generate about $10.5 million in 2025. The district is seeking an eight-year renewal. The sinking fund millage, which pays for building repairs, is seven-tenths of a mill and would generate about $726,000. The district is asking for a six-year renewal of that. Niles Community Schools is seeking operating millage for 10 years. The 18 mills would generate about $4.8 million in 2025. In Van Buren County, South Haven Public Schools seeking an operating millage renewal for six years. 18 mills would mean about $11.8 million. And in Cass County, the Cass County Transportation Authority is seeking a quarter mill levy for services, while Edwardsburg Public Schools is also seeking an operating millage renewal. 31,000 pounds of trash were fished out of Michigan rivers and streams last year by volunteers. The trash included everything from beer bottles to cans to water bottles, along with tires, furniture, and even grocery carts. Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy aquatic biologist Tamara Lipsy was asked why people dump so much in the state's waterways. If I had the answer to why people do it, um, I maybe we could 
stop people from doing it. But overall, it's just you can't walk out your door without seeing garbage on the ground. Um, Some of it gets there accidentally and unfortunately in streams and rivers where you find those big things, people are dumping them on purpose. Lipsy says the state uses money from a specialty license plate to pay groups to clean up the rivers. Michigan has a littering law, and lawmakers are pushing legislation to stiffen penalties for littering or dumping large amounts of trash. A Kent County judge is allowing a lawsuit that asks the court to enforce the removal of Michigan Republican Chairwoman Christina Caramo. There are now two scheduled hearings. Those take place today and tomorrow and will determine if the injunction against Caramo can proceed. The Republican National Committee has formally recognized Congressman Pete Hoekstra as Michigan's GOP chairperson, but Caramo is refusing to step down and continues to hold meetings and spend party money. Her lawyer says the issue regarding her removal is an intra-party political dispute and the courts shouldn't be involved. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.